0: Well, glory to God. Have you been blessed? Amen. 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 What a blessing. I tell you. This uh, tremendous choir orchestra, man, that bass guitar, I thought we'd gonna have to throw some water on him uh, a little bit there to calm him down a little bit. The, the guitar was holding up. It was him I was worried about. What a blessing to be here this morning. We have uh, this morning coming to to preach to us this morning. Many of you have known Brother Herman almost as long as I have. And uh, because we've had him here dozens of times, he's always been the man of the hour. Every time we're in staff meeting, we say something about a revival or something coming up. Everybody immediately says, Brother Herman, get Brother Herman, get Brother Herman. And I'm not lying to you. Isn't that the truth? I'm telling you. He's saying, oh, no, oh, no. But anyway, uh, I cannot think of a better friend to have preaching filling this pulpit this morning. Uh, He graduated from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, so he is intelligent. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He's been in evangelism on the road over 43 years, uh, just all over wherever God calls him. He's never asked for a dime to go anywhere, never expenses, never nothing. Uh, up until this last year, he pulled a trailer all over the entire nation. And uh, he's just been a great blessing. He's a soul winner. Uh, he loves his family. He's faithful in his church. Uh, and probably the two biggest problems he's got now are called great-grandchildren. Uh, it's kinda, it kind of takes him off beat of what he ought to be doing. And he loves those grand, great-grandchildren. Brother Herman, you come, make yourself at home, and uh, just we'll have a glorious time together. Amen.
1: I appreciate the honor to be here. You know, news travels fast. Uh, I have already heard this morning that Brother Charles made the mention at the earlier service the reason I wasn't over there was because I had gone over 80 a couple of months ago and I was down to one service a day. And so that that's the kind of friend I got, amen? That's the kind of friend I got. No, I am honored and delighted to be here to serve with you folks today. Uh, I, I know it's pastor, staff appreciation day and And Charles told me to blow a lot of smoke and maybe he could get another cruise out of it. No, he didn't say that at all. I told him, I said, Brother Charles, you've had so many better to come into your church than me. Why would you have me? And I pondered that and finally came up with the answer because he knows that when I get through, y'all will appreciate him and the staff so much more and be glad you have them. And so, uh, But I love your staff, I love Brother Charles. I could spend this entire time speaking about our relationship uh, uh, back when in the early 80s, preaching a revival and Brother Charles was just a music director and he came to lead music uh, in revival and then began to be a pastor, served in churches with him. I've been with him, he's my Barnabas. My encourager, I don't know what I would do without Brother Charles. As many of y'all know, Brother Charles preached my wife's funeral. Uh, The whole staff came, Brother Aaron brought the special music. She thought the world of Brother Aaron. You know, I've always told Charles that if Brother Aaron ever leaves, he better be packing his bags to follow because uh, he won't last long without Aaron. But we love Aaron. Uh, Such a tremendous, tremendous. Uh, musician, but more so as a person. Uh, but Charles has meant a lot to me through the years. Uh, it hasn't always been easy. Uh, I, I, I understand that. I'm talking about from my side. Uh, it's been very difficult many of these years in traveling up and down the road. Uh, some of the churches I've gone to, some of the things that we've had to uh, experience. But Charles has always been there to encourage me. He would always call me on Wednesday night as I was traveling to go home. I always go home on Wednesday night and he would call me at 11, 12 o'clock while I was still out on the road somewhere and he would just encourage me to keep on keeping on. And so he and Becky has been a very tremendous personal blessing to me, but not only to me, but I know to you as well. As I thought about this morning what to say, I thought about what makes this church so great. I remember the very first time that I came to this church. It was just the old, original church. And then I remember the rebuilding, and then the building again, and then the more buildings, and the more buildings. And you know, I stand before you to say this, not because of what I've done, but because of what you as a church and Brother Charles and his staff has done, that there has not been a project that has ever gone on in Woodland, Hills Baptist Church that I and my family have not been a part of financially. That's how much that I have believed in this church. This church is unique. In 43 years I've had my blessing, opportunity, and honor to go to many, many churches. But I've never been in a church like this church. I stand back in amazement about all that God has done. Now, I'll be honest with you. My wife, you say, that oh, was a problem when I got in here that I'd say things that I should just kind of keep to myself. But when Charles first came to Woodland Hills Baptist Church, I was one of those that tried to discourage him. I said, Brother Charles, have you truly sought this out? I said, you're leaving a church of tremendous magnitude, a church that I had so been with that in their little original church to build a bigger church, a 100-seat auditorium church, and to fill that church, to have a fundraiser to buy land in order to relocate to build even a bigger church. I've been through all of that work. I remember during a financial uh, revival meeting that we were having when one individual man, still a very dear man to my heart, stood up during that service and said, Brother Charles, said. All of my retirement, he says, God has laid up on my heart to give it all to the new building program. God bless that work down in Port Natchez. Here was a man that was running a church that was running four or five hundred, all of a sudden being called to Woodland Hills Baptist Church in Longview. I said, Are you sure? He said, well, it's either that or Colorado. I said, make it that then. Don't go to Colorado. But when he came to Woodland Hills Baptist Church, I've seen with amazement what God has done to where you are. Not because of the man, but because of the God that your man has followed wasn't an easy decision to leave Port Nature's, but it was a right decision. Then I watched the long-come case. What a tremendous man. Listened to him preach, and I knew the very first time that I heard him preach, what a tremendous call that was upon this young man's life, how God had anointed him. Without a shadow of a doubt, there was no doubt of what God was going to do. And then I listened to Nathan the other night. I don't know how many of you heard him, but a tremendous message, tremendous message that Nathan brought. And then the music and all of the staff that serve in so many areas of this church. So it's an honor to me to be able to stand before you today to say that I love your pastor, that I love your staff, and I love you as a church. Now, it's been two years since I've been here. That's how much he really likes me, you know. Talks about all these staff meetings. See, I know the guy. Talks about all these staff meetings and all of that and how my name keeps coming up, but you know these bigger preachers' names comes before. And y'all have some giants of the giants that stand in this pulpit, and I know that. I remember when I first surrendered to the ministry, my little country pastor told me, he said, Brother Herman, if you go anywhere, if you ever believe in pastoring a church, you're going to have to go to seminary. You have no college. You didn't hardly make it through high school. You got to go to seminary. I went to seminary and began my role as a pastor. But I'm grateful for what God has done here. And as I thought about what to share with you today, I want to share with you what I believe that has made this church what it is. I believe it's a tremendous honor to be a member of Woodland Hills Baptist Church. This church is like no other church. Sure, there's bigger churches, but there's not many better churches. And so if you have your Bible today, and I'm going to quit bragging on him because you may give him two cruises instead of one. So we'll just get into the Word. But in in, in the book of Mark, chapter 1, I'm going to ask you to stand reading of his Word for just a moment. I want to begin reading in Mark chapter 1, verse 21. Mark 1, verse 21. And they went into Capernaum, and straightway upon the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue, and he taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority, and not as a scribe. And there was in their synagogue a man of an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Or thou hast come to destroy us? I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit is torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad, throughout all the regions round about Galilee. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for this church, for not only the people of this church, but for the staff that leads this church. And Lord, I pray today that you would bless not only the reading of your word, but Lord, as we share that reading of the word with the people, that Lord, as you would open up our hearts and speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What makes Woodland Hills so unique? I would be willing to say that many of you have had people ask you when you ask them to come to church with you the conversation would go something like this. What do you you all have to offer me? Now, immediately we know where they're coming from. They're simply saying, what kind of a ministry do you have to offer me? What about a men's ministry? What about a woman's ministry? What about youth ministry? What about children's ministry? What about music ministry? What kind of a ministry do you have to offer me? But you see, I do not believe that is the right question to be asking when we're asking about a church. I think the most important question that we could ask would simply be this is Jesus in the house. Because the Bible says, except the Lord builds the house, they that labor, labor in vain. My friend, I don't care how many programs, I don't care how many gatherings you have, if Jesus is not in the house, the house is not worth going to. We live in a society today There's more concern about being entertained than being changed. I remember Carlos McLeod, Charles, mentions him much when he made this statement at an evangelism conference years ago. He said, keep the main thing the main thing. We can get so engrossed in so many things that we neglect The main thing, and that is, is he in the house? You see, the reason I believe in this church is because I believe this scripture right here describes Woodland Hills Baptist Church. Now, you have a lot of ministries. My goodness a lot of activity but here's the things that i want you to notice today that makes this church so special the number one thing is people will be amazed at the words of jesus See, two times in this scripture, the Bible says, in verse 22 and 27, they were astonished at his words. It says they were amazed at his words. They said that he did not speak as a scribe, but one having authority. What makes this church unique is that when you come to this church, you do not come to hear a man, you've come to hear from God. And truly, every pastor that stands in this pulpit is a man that proclaims the Word of God. The truth. Now, look at Case. He's a biblical preacher. sticks to the Word of God. Thus says the Lord, not according to what he says, but according to what God's word says. When Charles stands in this pulpit, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, you hear what God wants you to hear. And that's what's so amazing about this place. Because it is a place that the word of God is proclaimed. Now, this same passage of Scripture is mentioned again over in Luke chapter 4. And in Luke's chapter 4 occurrence, it says this, that his words were with power. You see, the Word of God is important. You and I know that the Word of God teaches that it's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. The Word of God comes in order to correct us, to encourage us, and it clarifies us, and it instructs us, and it comforts us, and it gives us victory. The Word of God is what makes this church so special. When I got out of seminary, called to my first church, i just be honest with you. I thought everybody... Wanted the word. I'm more of an expository type preacher. I'm not one of those that skips all around to make it fit to what I want it, believe it to say. But just take it verse by verse. And I thought when I became a pastor, all I had to do is open the Bible, say turn here, preach it verse by verse and verse, and everybody in the church would be happy until I became their pastor. Then I realized that everybody wanted the Word as long as the Word didn't pertain to them. See, when I preached about witnessing, it wasn't those men out there in the oil field that were witnessing to their co-workers and bringing them to church and having them get saved. It wasn't those that got angry with me. It was those in the church that didn't want to witness. When I preached about faithfulness, That faithfulness wasn't just one hour a week, but it was a lifestyle that you and I put him first in every area of our life, that nothing should come before God and that we are to be faithful to him. It wasn't that little widow lady that walked in on a cane every Sunday that got angry. It was those that didn't want to be there every time. When I preach about tithing, it wasn't the tithers that got angry. It was those that didn't want to tithe. But I'm more convinced today than ever before that we do not need partial truth. We need whole truth. And sometimes the truth that we don't want to hear is the very truth that we need to hear the most. And this is one place that the truth is proclaimed. It's not popular. Some won't like it but truth is truth that will set you free one thing I found out about truth truth will either get people right or get people out because people cannot sit under truth and not be changed And that's what's so marvelous about Woodland Hills. The truth is proclaimed. The Bible continuously says that Jesus came preaching. The Bible says that they were amazed that he preached as one having authority, not according to the scribes. In many instances, Jesus' message was so much different than the scribes' message. Jesus came preaching repentance. You see, Jesus, the Bible says, taught the word. I've come to realize that not everybody's teachers And even though maybe we cannot teach the Word of God, we can learn from the Word of God by listening to the Word of God and applying the Word of God to our life. Now, you remember what Paul said to young Timothy. He said, preach the what? The Word. He said, there's going to come a time people won't want the Word. And I believe personally One of the very reasons this church is growing like it's growing is because people want to hear the word. So the Bible says people will be amazed at his word, but that's not all I see in this passage. Jesus also left us a tremendous example of attendance. Notice what the Bible says. Here in Luke, the fourth chapter, verse 30, what is it, verse 31, it says, and he came down to Capernaum, this is in fourth chapter, a city of Galilee and taught them on the Sabbath. The Bible says in verse 16, he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue upon the Sabbath day and stood to read as his custom was. See, the Sabbath was important. Now, folks, I I want you to know, God's day is still God's day. It is a day that we set aside to worship God. I mean, we got six other days to do whatever we want to do, but God says this day is a day of holiness and that you are to worship me upon the Sabbath. Church is important. Why can I tell you what I've seen in these years of how that people have neglected to worship? Jesus went regularly. That was his custom. You see, the devil tries to convince us that church is not important that we can kind of go it alone. You know, I've had all the definitions of it. I know you've heard some of them. Well, I can worship God out there in the deer blind as well as I can in church. I can just see you there with your head bowed and your eyes closed praying, (laughs) thanking God for that day. But you're constantly alert, not upon worship, but upon a hunt. And see, that's what the devil, because the devil knows that if he can get us along, that we're easy prey. That's why in in, in, in many of the countries where the wild animals are, you'll notice that they all run in groups. Why? Because there's protection in the group. And I think there's protection in worship. There's protection in going to church. I think it's in the church where we grow with one another. We support one another. We learn from one another. The church is important. So the Bible said they were amazed and they were astonished at his word. The word of God is important. It's important in this church. The second thing that I see in this passage of Scripture that I relate to your church is simply this. People will be changed by the work of God. People will be changed by the work of God. Now in verse 23 through verse 26, we read about the man that had the demon. And you remember he cries out and he says, Why are you here? We know who you are. We know what you do, but why are you here to torment us? And Jesus had to rebuke him and cast out the demon. See, the Bible says in James that even... The demons believe in God, but they do not believe in him for who he is. They know what he can do, but they are not apart. part. And here was this man that was troubled. I think that we're seeing in this day of time, and I think you see it in this church as well, We're living in troubled times in people's lives. You know, the interesting thing about this passage was, where was the demon in the synagogue? Where are the hurting people today that needs to be delivered? Where are those that are addicted that needs deliverance? Where are those that cannot help themselves, that only God can help? Where are they? They're in our midst today. They're all among us. People that are hurting. People that are troubled. People who are looking for answers where there are no answers. Well, if I can do this, if I can do that, if I can get help here, if I can get help there, my friend, thank God for doctors that can minister to medical situations. Thank God for counselors. My son in law is one that can help marriages come back together. Thank God for that. But folks, sometimes in many lives there's only one deliverance and that's Jesus that can set us free. And these people were amazed by the change that Jesus brought into a man's life. They said, who is this guy that speaks this new doctrine and can even cast out the unclean spirits and they obey him? Who is this guy? I tell you who he is. He's the Jesus of them that he is today, that he's never changed. You see, no matter what your need is today, Jesus is the answer. It's not a denomination, it's not a building, it's not some preacher up here standing in some elegant dress. Answer to people's lives is Jesus. I tell people all the time, I can't change you. I, 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 when I I pray and for forty three years, I tell people, I say, I pray. We, I, I, I'll, I'll not even ask you your need. I will not even ask you your problem because I can't meet your need. I can't solve your problem. But here's what the Bible says. If two of you agree together as anything, they'll be bound here and bound in heaven. Whatever we loosen here will be loosened. I will take my faith and agree with your faith that whatever you need today, God is able to provide. Wow. You see, that's the answer to this church. So many are I. have been changed not by the power of a preacher not by a a, a, a power of Brother Case not not as a power of great music, but they have been changed by the power of God and they have been set free not because of who we are but because who he is keep the main thing the main thing and that's him And so the Bible says that there was not only a man that was troubled, but a man that was changed. And certainly that happens here. I love that scripture and quote it most often when I talk about life and the difference that Jesus makes. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, behold, all things become new. And I would be willing to say today that there are countless people in this room that could stand up today and give a testimony and saying, I'm not what I used to be because Jesus Christ made a difference in me. And so they were amazed at the word of God. They were amazed at the work of God, what God did in people's lives. And the last thing was, it couldn't be contained. It had to be shared. Notice what the Bible said. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the regions round about Galilee. Over in the fourth chapter of Luke, it says this. And the fame of him went out into every place of the country round about. It couldn't be contained. It had to be shared. Folks, you know how to grow a church? It's people reaching people. That's how it reaches people. And when you invite somebody to church and they say, what does your church have to ask, offer? Say, I, I tell you, we got the greatest gift there is to offer, and that's Jesus. And every one of our ministries, in our school, whatever it is, whatever Woodland Hills does, Christ is the center. He's the main thing. That's what builds churches. People. Helping people. And the Bible said it couldn't be contained. why don't you remember when you first got saved, you, you couldn't help but tell people. Man, you get excited, you know. I mean, the World Series, I told I told my daughter was watching the World Series, and just the moment it was over, I said, watch how quick Facebook lights up about the World Series. Boom! There it went. They won! We're champions, on and on and on. Everybody talked about the win. Folks, I want to tell you, when God is real and lives are being changed, I want to tell you something, that's eternal. And as much as we get excited about a World Series, wouldn't it be great if we got that excited about Jesus? To say, let me tell you what happened in our service. Let me tell you about a life that was changed. Let me tell you about that little boy that came to Jesus. Let me tell you about that that, that young man that that, that was a drug addict and and, and was sleeping on the streets, but how, how he came to Jesus. Let me tell you how Jesus put a marriage back together. Let me tell you the difference that Jesus is making in our church. That's why I love Woodland Hills Baptist Church that's why I love your staff Charles hasn't changed he's the same guy that I met in the early 80's that he is today same guy same guy tell you the truth he'll encourage you but he'll also correct you and I love that case same guy I met the very first time Aaron same guy and then the rest of the staff that do so much Woodland Hills they don't change because you know why they don't change because Jesus doesn't change he's the same yesterday and he is today and he will be forevermore and I pray today at some place sometime today that you'll take time to give God thanks for your church this is a great place and it's made up of some great people that love God that loves to see lives changed and are excited about telling others about it let's pray father we thank you for your work And Lord, just thank you for this church and for this staff. God, how we love them. But Lord, I thank you today, most of all for you. That Lord, we thank you that your word never changes. That's the same yesterday that it is today, that it will be forevermore. And Lord, that sometimes we may not like it, But God, sometimes it's what we need the most. God, we thank you today that you're still in the life-changing business. That God, that whosoever will may come. God, in this room today are people that need to be saved. They've never come to the cross. They know all about the cross, but they've never come to the cross. And so, Lord, I pray today that if you're speaking to their heart, that, that God, that you would say today's the day. Lord, there's people in this room that needs a change. God, things in their life that, that, Lord, that doesn't need to be there. God, you know what they are, and they know what they are. But, God, they're in a place, that God, that they can be changed. There's people in this room that needs this church they love this church they attend this church but they've never joined this church God they need to come so Lord whatever decision needs to be made today Lord we give it to you pray today that you would move amongst us in Jesus name Amen